the NHL level, I mean, is your dream since you're a little kid. So, I mean, when you get that opportunity, every time uh, I step on the ice for a game, it's still a bit of a surreal feeling just uh, being out there. So, uh, plays fast, it's fun, and uh, yeah, I don't know, it's exciting to be here. All right, fans, welcome into another episode of Coyote's Corner alongside Dave Vest and Paul Bissonnette. I'm Luke Lipinski. We've got special guest Coyote's goaltender Aiden Hill here today. Aiden, thanks for the time. How are you doing, man? Uh, great, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. How's uh, how's the season going for you? Probably pressed into duty a little more than maybe you expected, but you've uh, you've, you've stepped up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, been exciting. I guess last year I got a little taste of what the NHL is like, and uh yeah, I went into the summer feeling confident I can play at this level, and uh, unfortunately, uh, what happened to Ranta is tragedy for him, but uh, I'm excited to be here. I wanted to ask you, Aiden, how easy or difficult it is to begin a season as a starting goaltender in the AHL, and then, you know, just as a matter of circumstance, here you are now playing seemingly every other game uh, in the NHL. I, I guess what I'm getting at is, how hard has it been for you to adjust to this? Because I'm just guessing going into the season, you weren't expecting to be here. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's been too hard on me at all. It's been more exciting than anything. So uh, being at the NHL level, I mean, is your dream since you're a little kid. So, I mean, when you get that opportunity, every time uh, I step on the ice for a game, it's still a bit of a surreal feeling just uh, being out there. So, uh, I mean, uh, plays fast. It's fun. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's exciting to be here. Playing at the NHL level is not easy, but I have heard from goalies it's a little bit easier than maybe playing in the AHL because guys are maybe more responsibly defense, responsible defensively where now you just have to worry about your position. Do you find it an easy adjustment to play at the National Hockey League level? I mean, the last couple of years in Tucson, uh, the whole time I'm there, I'm preparing to play at the NHL level. So uh, we have had great defense down there in Tucson the last couple of years, especially last year and this season. I think they were great again. So uh, it's good that we have that uh, depth in our organization through the D. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it is easier in a way where the defenseman makes a great play that you wouldn't see at the AHL level, right, in a position where you might be in trouble. But, uh no, I don't know. It's it's exciting. The pat the pace is obviously faster, and the top lines have that extra bit of skill or that extra shot on each team, like a guy like Ovechkin or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's exciting. Who is there anybody you've faced yet? I mean, as the goalie, you're facing these guys one on one. Essentially, is there anybody you're like, wow, that is Ovechkin or that's whoever? Uh, yeah, definitely. Almost every team has one of those yeah. guys, right? So, uh, like my last game there against McDavid, when you see him with the puck, it's a whole another another level when you see him on the ice, right? You just see the way he can control the game and the puck's on his stick, and it's incredible. Aiden, I wanted to ask you about your childhood and how you got into hockey. I know you were born in Comox, British Columbia, but I think you told me you grew up in Calgary? Yeah, yeah. So my uh, mom was uh, single when I was born, and uh, we were in on Vancouver Island, uh, kind of moving around, and we moved to Calgary when I was three years old. So then... Uh, when I was four, she met uh, my dad, and yeah, from there on, uh, I guess I was already into hockey and took off from there. I think you told me also you used to be a forward, but then there was some rule in the leagues you were playing in that said once you scored three goals or more, you couldn't be a forward anymore, so you switched to goalie. Yeah, so we had uh, <laughs> we had this weird uh, tournament that we played in, and it was, uh, I think I was, I want to say I was seven years old, so uh, we were out there, uh, it was the top division, and we... Where in the tournament they had a rule that you could only score three goals. It's kind of like a fair play thing, you know. Sure. So uh, I had three goals in the first period, and then uh, I like playing goalie. So my coach switched me into the goalie gear, and I'd play the second and third as goalie. So I did that for the tournament, and then uh, 
from then on, I just kind of decided I wanted to be a goalie. And, yeah, I stuck with it. I think also, too, you've told me you played other sports growing up. Uh, I remember very vividly talking at the draft when the Coyotes drafted you, and we talked about how you, at some point you had dunked a basketball. I don't know if these guys know that you can do that, but is that true, and did you play basketball? Uh, yeah, I played basketball very briefly, actually. I barely have played it at all, but I played uh, when I was younger. I first started playing uh, soccer in the summers, and then I played lacrosse for a couple summers, played baseball, so I played a bit of each, and then I played for my basketball school team for a couple of years, but back then I definitely couldn't dunk. I was like 5'4", so <laughs> I was pretty small, and uh, yeah, I actually got a chance when I was playing in Portland there. Uh, after one of the Trailblazers games, I got to go on the court, and uh, they let me dunk a basketball on the court, so it was pretty cool to do it on an NBA hoop. Wow, impressive. Um, what, what's your what's your pregame routine like? Superstitious? Do you just kind of buzz around and just chill? Uh, yeah, I'd say more of the latter. I don't know. I'm not superstitious at all. I mean, you always have a routine that you stick to, I guess. But I, don't know, I like to be kind of lighthearted, have some fun with the guys, play a little soccer, and keep it loose. I don't know. I don't like – I feel like if I'm too intense and uptight, then that's when you're thinking about the game too much, where I just need to kind of relax, have fun, and I play my best when I'm having fun. Yeah, because I would think as a you know as a GM, you look at a guy who's eventually going to be a starter, and if the everyday wear and tear mentally on a goaltender who's like constantly like needs to be in the zone, you got to think that that's going to throughout the season mess with their head. Whereas if you're just laid back and you're and you're chill, you could probably go sixty, sixty five games where it would be like you're playing thirty. Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I guess it does help mentally. Like I, I don't know. I'm a guy. I actually don't even nap on game days. So I know, really? yeah, that's different than uh, the rest of the league. But I, I find if I nap, I'm kind of, I don't know, I just can't wake up type thing. So I just make sure I get a good night's sleep the night before. And then I and just, just kind of chill throughout the day. And, yeah. Do you crush Netflix during the day? Uh, a lot of times, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> what, now, I'm what, on, are you, what are your shows? Right now I'm on uh, the third season of Narcos. So, yeah. Okay, so our, our engineer over here is going nuts right now. <laughs> Do you want to ask <laughs> him any Narcos, Narcos questions? Okay, we're going to move on from Narcos. Uh, yes, I guess we'll move on. It's a good show. Aiden, what do you do for fun when you're not here at the rink? Uh, when I'm not at the rink, I mean, I, I my favorite thing, I guess, probably everyone's favorite thing is looking for good food spots. So uh, I love to travel around the cities wherever we're at, wherever we might be, and uh, try and find uh, good food, good coffee. I'm a big coffee guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Other than that, you got to like kind of hang out and chill a lot, just uh, let the body rest. But uh, at the same time, I, I love watching uh, football. And yeah, I'm a big Bears fan, so last night was disappointing oh, for no, me. I was no. say, yeah. Surprised you're here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the coffee. Do you, how many cups of coffee would you say you drink a day? And is it different on a game day, as you said, to because you don't take a nap? Do you find you need to have some extra coffee to keep going? Uh, I wouldn't say I have any more on a game day than a regular day, but I do have maybe a little much. I'm going to say four to six cups a day. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so if you don't have coffee, do you get like a headache? or? Uh, I do if I haven't had one. If I have one cup, I'm good for the day. But uh, if I haven't had a cup, I'd say late afternoon, yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite NHL city that you've been to so far? Obviously excluding Phoenix, but like as far as traveling. Uh, I think the coolest for me to see was New York. I mean... I've never been to a city like that. It was insane. Like just, I don't know how big the city is. Uh, it's insane. The buildings never end there, and there's so much shopping, so many restaurants. Like I feel like you could live there for 30 years and not explore the whole city. <laughs> yeah, right? right. So right. it was a uh, definitely cool place to be. I want to go back to the coffee thing. So <laughs> you're you're a coffee snob. Yeah. I, I'm I'm similar. Where would you go for good coffee in in Scottsdale? 
I mean, I haven't been here enough, really. We've been on the road a lot, so... Right now, I've just been sticking to the dark roast at Starbucks, but I, I know I need to find better here, so I don't know here too well. So Taylor Pyatt opened up a coffee shop uh, who used to play here. It's called yeah. Cafe O Play, so you should check it out. Okay. Yeah, it's, they, they got great coffee, good little spot. Can he mention your name for some sort of discount? Yeah, if you mention uh, Paul Bissonette, you pay double, That's so it's a pretty good deal. I mean, if, you guys, if you're into deals, and, and you, you drink four to six cups a, a day, yeah. you're playing a full game do you ever ever deal with cramps uh no never okay wow okay yeah i I mean i know is that not fascinating it's yeah it's kind of surprising we are digging deep here yeah i mean i drink we take your blood (laughs) (laughs) i drink a lot of water throughout the day so i stay pretty hydrated but uh yeah i try i don't know if i'm going home i try and drink maybe six balls of water between pregame meal and the game so okay i don't know how to follow that question up um, how about this? Okay, so you're, you're playing on, on a team here that has had injuries, but it's also a very young team. Yeah. Is that? I imagine that's probably pretty cool to, to as a young player to be on a team with a bunch of other players that are sort of going through what you're going through. Yeah, no, it is exciting, especially with a guy like Connor Garland, right? We both kind of yeah. got called up around the same time. We've both been in Tucson for the last two years, so uh, it's exciting. We're actually uh, rooming together right now at an apartment here, so uh, it's pretty cool to kind of go through all that. But, uh, yeah, there's... This team's young, so uh, yeah. it's you can relate to all the other guys because they're all young, and uh, yeah, it's a fun, light atmosphere. Okay, so you and Garland are roommates. Is that what you just said? Yes. Okay, yes. and you're six foot five. Yeah, and he's five foot. I don't six? know six something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Biz, you should be jumping in at here. Yeah, he's short. Uh, <laughs> Biz is taking the high road today. Well, no, I, I was actually looking down at your shoes, and uh, you got the Yeezys on. Would you consider yourself a hype beast? Uh, I wouldn't say a hype beast. I, I like shoes, though. I do like shoes. So, uh, Did you pay retail for those, or did you have to go online and, and, and splurge a little bit with that first NHL paycheck? <laughs> I uh, actually got them right when they dropped, so it was pretty cheap. So I got them at, like, I think it was 225 or something that day, so not too bad. That's that's pretty good. So yeah. I'm going to k- keep you guys up to speed here. I don't so, know what that means. The look on Dave's so face Kanye, when you said hype beast was amazing. So, so Kanye West got into fashion, and he started making these uh, sneakers through Adidas after he left Nike, and when these originally came out, they people would wait in lines, kind of like they do for iPhones, and you'd buy them for two twenty five retail, and and then these people would be flipping them for like a thousand bucks a pair. Yeah. So then now there's like a secondhand shoe market. That's how they so, got his. Oh really? Yeah. No. Oh, the white New Balance. Oh, the Carols. Oh, nice, cool. I actually rock New Balance all the time. So I think I got my shoes at Whole Foods. Oh, nice. Yeah, leather. They're free. organic. Yeah, it's good. The it's full good for leather. the environment. Nice. Um, any other questions for uh, Aiden? Boys? Not that's going to top that. No, I, oh, I don't want to finish after uh, that. A lot of goalies nowadays, tall. Like yeah. they, they breed them big. Like do you obviously gravitate a little bit more towards uh, Kemper to get advice because he's in a similar situation to you, whereas maybe Rant is a little more athletic because he's smaller. Yeah, I mean uh, Kemper and me are both about the same size, so uh, it's I don't know, I think it's great to watch him. Like even when I'm not playing, I can watch him in the net, see what he does, and I can kind of learn from the way he sees the game, right? So uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. We can keep, kind of feed off each other and have that good competition in practice, playing for starts. So uh, yeah, no, he's a great guy and great in the room with me. You seem pretty laid back. It doesn't seem like anything rattles you. But is there anything about the NHL that has surprised you that maybe you didn't expect? Um. I don't know. I can't, like, I don't know. I guess I am pretty laid back. Uh, I mean, it's been fun here. So uh, we've done a lot of video, which I guess you expect growing up, uh, go over the other teams. And, uh, I mean, 
the pace is the best in the world. So uh, can't really have that catch you off guard, right? Yeah. It's the best league in the world. So, uh, I mean, each game is just exciting to play in. Aiden, when you had the aha moment that, you know, you wanted to be a goalie uh, professionally, um, w- was there a goalie playing in the NHL that you kind of looked up to and fashioned your game? Uh, yeah, when I was uh, younger, when I first started playing goalie, uh, my favorite guy was Luongo. Oh. So uh, I watched uh, Roberto a lot. Then he got traded to the Canucks from Florida. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome for me, I guess. Being a Comox kid, I was a bit of a Canucks fan. Yeah. So uh, it was cool for me to see him go to my favorite team at the time. And, uh, yeah, I know that was awesome. And then as he came into the league, I actually uh, loved Flurry too. Just mm-hmm. I was smaller growing up until I hit 15, I hit my growth spurt. So, uh, I mean, I kind of played that more agile athletic style. And then uh, I could kind of watch Flurry for that. And he was remarkable, especially coming into the league so young. Anything else? No. no. You guys, yeah, you guys can thank him. Well, I'm yeah. suddenly craving some coffee, but yeah, <laughs> no, I know where you can get some. All right, Aiden, this is great, man. Thanks for this. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good guys. luck this season. Awesome. All right, well, good stuff uh, from Aiden there. He's one of those guys that has stepped up with uh, with injuries. He's one of those guys that stepped up and, and kind of run with the opportunity. This team has had a lot of injuries this season, and uh, it, it's. It's you kind think? of remarkable that they've <laughs> they've been able to overcome. Like the game against the Rangers, you know, they it's. Connor Garland scoring a couple goals. Darcy Kemper's getting a shutout in net. I mean, these are guys that maybe you didn't expect to have to play very big roles, if any roles, on this team so far. But they've been resilient this year. Yeah, I mean, considering the roller coaster ride it's been, yeah. and you know, there's been some not so good stretches. I would say more uh, more valleys than peaks. But in the grand scheme of things, now with no games in hand. They're, they're six points out of a wild card spot. That is, considering their third man games lost, most man games lost in the entire league behind, I believe, Anaheim and Dallas, uh, it, it's remarkable. And, and you know, I know there's been, like, some criticism online, you know, about this team struggling and stuff like that. But to me, if, if this team is able to squeeze in the playoffs, you probably got to be looking at Rick Tockett as, as a candidate for coach of the year. And you said – only six points out. There's 40 games to go. Yeah. It's not like we're at the end of March here. And if they can pull a second half like they had last year, this is a playoff hockey team. That, that's the thing. I mean, what they were able to do in the second half last year, they're so far ahead of the pace at, at the halfway point this year than they were after the first 41 games last year. And I know some of that's learning a new system and a bunch of new players coming in last year. But with the injuries, like this, they the, the progress, they're light years ahead of where they were last year. They just have to get past the injuries. I saw this thing where, where basically all the guys, Chica, not all of them, but most of the guys he brought in to fix the offense, they're all hurt. <laughs> so in theory, they're just kind of doing this with either last year's group or players that have been called up. It's crazy. Well, speaking of players that have been called up, I see on your list there Connor Garland's Don't name. my list. This is my list. He's played 15 games now. What do you guys think? Five goals in 15 games if he wants to keep that pace up. What is that, like a 28-ish goals per I season? was told there'd be no math. Yeah, I'll do it for you. There's about I'm, not, I'm not a math guy. I'm not a name guy. I just kind of hang around, guys. So uh, regarding Connor Garland, though, um, one thing that stood out to me recently was the game where he had two minors, and one of which was in the offensive zone. And, and he had he kind of had an off fight. And after that second penalty, he, like, keeled over on the ice. And you could just tell it was he was like, man, like, you, you never know. This might be my last game. I'm so glad you said that because when I watch him, that's what you think. That's yep. what you see. You see a guy who is up from the minors who is playing as if it's his last game. And ironically, I don't think, you know, 
with, with the way the injuries are, I think Connor Garland's going to be here for a while. So I don't think he needs to worry about that. You mean when that. everyone gets healthy, I, th- right. I think he's sticking around simply for the reasons that we just talked about. You're right. His work ethic and yes. he'd be a, a, able to adapt to playing a lesser role because he's still going to bring that, that tenacious forecheck, which you need in the bottom six guys. Right. You know, maybe he, you know, he can take, he can't take as many risks offensively, but I think he's intelligent enough to dumb that down sure. and, and just keep playing that hard forechecking game. And then Tyson Nash actually brought it up on the TV broadcast. He mentioned the two penalties and how he had an off night and he expected a bounce back performance. Well, he ended up scoring a goal that next game and then followed it up with another two. Yeah. So. Which I mean, that that's bounce back if you ever seen one, and now you're kind of like, wow, this guy might have just solidified solidified himself a position on this roster for the rest of the year if he can keep up with that attitude. Sure, yeah. and talk it. I mean, talk it. Talked about it before he was even really scoring. Just you know, there were stretches there. It was the Vegas game was one of them where you could tell Talkit wasn't happy with a lot of the things that happened on the ice, but he did single out Connor Garland in a good way, saying, you know, I want more guys to just play the way he's playing. Where even if he's not scoring, he's making something happen. Did he? He run into Ryan Reeves in that game of all people. Yes, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's not, yes, that's something I would advise. Right. How about the way he's scoring goals? The first two were real pretty breakaway goals, yeah. which we kind of expected. But the last three, they're all from in Going front of the, the crease. I know. I mean, he's the smallest guy on the ice, but he shows no fear. He got rewarded. I like that. He got rewarded in the Rangers game because I, I thought he made a nice redirect on Oliver's shot. But the second, his second goal, so the Coyotes' third goal, it just went off him and in. But those are the goals you need when your team isn't scoring. Even when your team is scoring, you need goals like that, don't right. you? Just go to the net, and hopefully the puck bounces off you and in. Yeah, I mean, it's all about balance, and, and you know he's uh, he's finding a way to get it done. I mean, one of his comments, I believe it was to you, Vessi, he said, I've, I've figured out a way to, to provide offense at every level I've played at. Yes. It, yeah, it, it, did it take him a little while to find it in the American League? Yeah, it took him a couple of years. Then he found, finally found it at the beginning of this year. Then he finally gets called up here, first seven games, no points. Yeah. He was around it. He was getting opportunities, and then all of a sudden, he figured it out. I mean... He's got five goals in, in, in how many games? 15. Well, yeah, but in the in the last eight. Yeah. Right. right. Like that's like, right. you know, after that seven games, I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty significant. That's I mean, I would say he's probably the leading goal scorer in that eight-game uh, time period. Yeah. I like his pedigree. I mean, he came up uh, when we went back to Boston. This all came out. But he, he grew up in the Boston area. You know, they take hockey. Lunch pail style. Very people. serious. He played with Jack Eichel yeah. on the same line forever. I mean, he outscored Jack Eichel as part of the Junior Bruins one year. Yeah, uh, we had a long talk about that and how you know that's a nice claim to fame. Well, it's, it goes back to what you guys were saying. Like he's clearly got offensive skill, but he's playing like he, he's playing like a grinder almost. You know what I mean? Like he's not he's not just assuming. Well, I scored in junior or whatever, so I'm going to be able to score at the NHL level. And ironically, now he's scoring at the NHL level. What about? Uh, we haven't really talked about Alex Galchenyuk much this season, but he's got ten points in his last eight games and with all the pressure he had in Montreal I don't know if it's a coincidence or not Dave and I were talking about this last night during the game but this this recent run where he's really gone off has been ever since Montreal came to town the media came actually the media came a game early just to watch him basically and they skipped the game in Colorado that the Canadians were playing is there anything to that you think Biz where as a player he had to be so sick of that media circus in Montreal and they came out here for that game once they left he's he's been like a different guy yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that he was the whipping boy last year in the Montreal media. You know, he's a, a top-end player making a significant amount of money. 
Um, so, some some people like playing and like that pressure in those markets. I mean, let's take a guy like Max Domi, the guy he got traded for, as an example. You know, apparently he would always ask, you know, how many we got tonight as far as crowd size, and you know, to, he played in London uh, with the London Knights yeah. in the OHL. They're selling out every game, so like you you learn how to play in front of that crowd. You embrace that type of pressure. Where if you all of a sudden go to a market maybe where you don't have that external pressure, you can't get a rise out of it where some guys like to be in a market where like they just handle their business they don't have to worry about dealing with people harping on all the time like kind of like toronto or a montreal and and i think it's now been a good fit part of the reason too i think for this surge is obviously the montreal came in and amplified things and people comparing his start to max has probably got to him that's exactly that it. over to best I, I was just going to say the one thing that you really should point out about when the montreal media came here they were all here to write a story about how the canadians had won that trade yeah halfway they, through the first season right yeah not even yeah uh so i think that lit a fire under him i mean and he's healthy now and he's healthy that's a huge part of this yeah um, so yeah, was it a co- is it a coincidence that he's suddenly producing? It just doesn't uh, seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. Me and Nasher had a discussion, and and we basically just said we're going to learn a lot about Alex Galchenyuk in that game against Montreal because all the focus is going to be on him. Mm-hmm. Him, I, I even want to say him and him and Domi had a shift together, like second shift or third shift into the game, where like even I was like thinking about it yeah so it was a story <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and it was an, on everyone's yeah. mind and i don't i don't know if he had any points that game but he did play a very solid game yeah. he won a lot of battles create a lot of scoring opportunities and as luke mentioned that was a game where things kind of turned also it may just be weird timing that it just so happens montreal is a team that we played when he finally got back in the rhythm of getting into the every day of the nhl he suffered a couple injuries he kind of had a similar start to what ranta had yeah. Where he had like a a tweak coming out of of training camp where he missed a few weeks with his knee and then he got re injured regarding something else so finally he's caught rhythm and let's hopefully it, it remains that way for the rest of the season. Uh, you mentioned this when we were preparing for the show. I mean we're at the halfway point or we're one game over the halfway point as we record this. But what what has stood out to you guys through the first half of the season with this Coyotes team? We're both looking you're, at each you're other. Just both pointing at each other. <laughs> um, what has stood out to me? Well, I mentioned the Tockett situation as far as like obviously when the team's going through stretches where they're not winning games, like you know people are like, oh, why isn't the this, why aren't their systems working? Well, how about some credit where it's due? We talked about the man games lost and how they're still in a hunt for a wild card position, and he probably should be up for coach of the year if they're able to squeak in the playoffs based on what we're spending in salary and basically what we've dealt with as far as injuries. Uh, Aiden Hill to me, who we had on today, that's good knowing you have a lot of depth in goaltending in your system. Um, How about Brad Richardson? Oh, what he's done. In this well, yeah, season. I'll let you take yeah. that over. He's well, I mean, Brad Richardson is a polished NHL player, and you know we knew going into the season that he is a solid veteran and provides leadership. But just the way he stepped up his game this year offensively, um, as we sit here leading the team with 11 goals. Uh, Brad scored three goals last year, okay? So, I mean, that that stood out to me. And beyond his goal scoring, I mean, I would argue that he's – 
the team MVP from yeah, the first I think, half of the season. Biz made that pick, I think, last night, too. And you yeah. had, and I, I think that would probably be pretty unanimous because he does so much defensively. He does so much in the face-off circle. Sure. Obviously, the penalty kill. I mean, you could make a case he was one of he's, he is one of the best players in the NHL shorthanded, and the only guy that has better stats shorthanded right now is Michael Grabner, who's right. on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the overall... Uh, game and what he brings to the team in the locker room, everything added up. I would say he's the MVP. That's why I voted, I, or on TV I did anyway. Uh, the obvious ones are Oliver and, and Keller, just because of what they can do naturally. But you have to look at what, what he provides in the locker room and in all the other intangible areas where, I mean, if there's a scrum and somebody takes a little cheap shot, he's getting in there. Yeah. On the bench, you know, he's the guy saying, "Boys, calm down. Let's. We're going to get through this. We're going to figure it out." He leads by example. He has to play tough minutes against top lines every night. When I mean, what would you say? He's probably slotted in as a a, a lot of teams' third, third line center. Third line. Some center. teams' fourth line center. Right. Depends depending on how much depth they have, and and I mean, especially after he uh, came back from illness, had skated once. He missed three games. Yeah. Was sick for five days. Skated one time beforehand. Gets in the lineup. Scores in the first period. And I guessed on TV. He made me look like an idiot. I thought he was going to play between about ten and twelve minutes. I saw that. I said ten minutes. Yeah. He played nineteen. That's right. It's but crazy. now, to my to my defense, in the Price Is Right, you always guess lower yeah. than what the, you think the number is going to be. Right. So I'm still alive. Dusty probably would have guessed twenty minutes, and he would have been over, yeah. and he would have been wrong. Uh, then you get I'll both take the fall. Too. I'll take the fall because I like Paul on that, but. Uh, no way. I would have never guessed that. High. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then you're not really taking the fall. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm winking at you and speaking. That's why you're winking at me? Yes. Uh, I think a moment that I'd like to bring up here before you move on, it's kind of shape the entire season, uh, is the trade with Chicago. Wow. Good call, Vessi. Yeah. We, I kind of forgot about Thank that. Thank you. I mean, obviously, uh, Nick Schmaltz is injured now, but it really kind of changed the whole season, I thought, uh, just in terms of the tone of the season and what's acceptable around here. Um, sending two first-round draft picks to the Blackhawks to bring Nick Schmaltz here, I mean, I think that's a, a message sent by John Chica that, you know, what was going on at that time wasn't acceptable. He even kind of said it. Like, this is – I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he when they, when they made that trade, it was kind of like, yeah, we think we can make the playoffs now. You know, this is, there's no more of this, oh, yeah, five years down the line, we're going to try and be competitive. Like, no, that trade was made – with the intention of let's make the playoffs this year. And as you guys have both said, it's still in play despite the injuries, even the injury to Nick Schmaltz. But was he have 14 points in 17 games? Like, he's done everything that they were asking of him, I, at least when they made the trade. I mean, I know you got to still learn defensive responsibility within Rick Tockett's system, but he's been huge on the power play. I, I talked about the, the fact of, of playing in a market that where there's a lot of pressure to play. And, I mean, Schmaltz, he got thrown in with Kane. And he, he had a good year last year. And then this year, things weren't going so well. And, I mean, obviously the fans got on him. Uh, you know, the pressure of playing with Kane and not producing. Well, hey, he gets to come over here. He found his game as soon as he got here. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's got great chemistry with uh, with Keller, which, I mean, he's going to be around for a while. So, you've, I mean, if they can maintain that, you've solidified a top line. Yeah. And, I mean, we had Stromer, which I think tops off at a second-line center. I would say he's more of a third, although he has been playing very well in Chicago. I just think you got rid of two question marks and brought in a guy. Now he can make an impact. He's a piece. 
we don't have to worry about signing two guys. We just got to worry about this guy who's going to work here. Right. And to me, that's why I love the trade. And he's still a young player. It's not like they went out and got like a 35-year-old that's been in the league for 15 years or whatever. They got a guy that's basically the same age. He was in the same draft as Perlini, yeah. I believe. So uh, let's look at this road trip that's coming up. Dave, are you going on this trip? Of course, right. yes. How do you feel about being in Western Canada in the middle of January? Well, I love Vancouver. It's probably my favorite city. We're starting there. Yeah. And then it's a back-to-back on the weekend – Edmonton and Calgary, both night games, so not too thrilled with that. No, uh, and plus, it's very, very cold, as you were alluding to. But, uh, you know, it's a big uh, road trip, obviously. Um, you know, we're getting to this point where the All-Star break, which we should probably talk about a little, too, and that's only a couple of weeks away now, and then the Coyotes have a the bye week. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, those um, play well on the podcast. Thanks. Um, so I think, you know, this next couple of weeks – and there's a lot of road games. Nine out of 11 yeah. of the next 11 games are on the road. Uh, so if we're going to continue to entertain this notion of, you know, you, you, you stretch together some wins here, you're right back in the playoff race, it's going to be challenging. And it starts this week. And some of these teams, too, like specifically Edmonton and Vancouver. Those Edmonton, as we were well, How about Calgary? This, Calgary, too, but Calgary's at the top of the division. If you're just looking at teams you're trying to jump right now to get into a playoff spot. Right, okay. Yeah, Calgary's important, too, but Edmonton and Vancouver, Vancouver especially, because they've been so surprising yes. this year with, uh, with Pedersen. That kid's unreal. Uh, yeah, tough break for them. They just lost him for, uh, I would assume, a, at least a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, MCL sprain, I believe. Uh, to me, four to six would be would be nice. Yeah. Points, four to six points yeah. in the next. Oh, three I would think games. minimum. Yeah, and 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 now all of a sudden you're you're like okay, now we're closing the gap on that wild card position. Uh, you mentioned that uh, bye week after the All Star. I'm hoping by the time that at the end of that we have most, if not all, our lineup back. Of course, Demers. I'm assuming is still going to be out, but. If you can get some guys back after that, get some really good days of, of practice after that, I, I think that there's, there's, there's definitely room for a push and to make things interesting for the Coyotes. How about the All-Star game? We should probably talk about that real quick. I mean, Clayton Keller gets um, picked for the first time ever yeah. uh, to represent the Coyotes. Um, Oliver ekman Larson still has a shot to go if he gets voted in by the fans, uh, which – Every Coyotes fan is encouraged to do. You can vote ten times a day. Yeah, until Thursday, depending when you're listening to this. Yeah, right, it good, ends on Thursday. But keep keep call. voting. Even you know, even if it's after Thursday, keep voting. Just, Just keep send voting. a message to the league. That's right. So three on three. I love the three on three format. Yeah, Biz. I mean, obviously uh, the All Star Game. Are you excited? Yeah, I, I like the the three on three format. I think it's very entertaining. The skills competition seems to get a lot of the attention now. Yeah. It's fun for the kids. It's a little more interactive. You know, interviews during the game or during the the skills. Um, it, one thing I, I I was thinking about, I would like to see it go four on four for the, for the simple fact that you can get a few more guys in. I know there's always going to be snubs. I, I just, there were a lot this year. There were some ones where you're like, "Ugh, God!" And and I, I I'm not one to like complain about it. I'm just saying is it's, it's tough to not see like a, a Mitch Marner. Yeah. In the All Star game, he's one of the most exciting players yeah. to watch in the league right now. Just so happens that team stacked. Uh, it, it would just open up a, a few more spots on the team. And it's uh, funny you say that because you look at the last man in contest, that which is a running. cool concept too. It is more yeah. engagement. But if you look at it, like OEL is the Coyotes' representative for last man in. But 
just in the, that division alone, you have guys like Drysaddle is in there. I yeah, mean, he should be uh, Logan Couture. Be yeah, um, every one of those guys. Seven of those eight guys aren't going to be in the All Star game, and to me, they're all All Stars. See, it's so restrictive too because you're basically taking what Andre Kopitar, I believe, is the yeah. Kings representative. They should make a snub team. <laughs> there Wouldn't you that go. be great? I, that's that's what I was going to say. Like it would be great to have like a snub team. Call the snub and, and have like snubs written on the jersey. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Trademark that, Paul, quickly. Why? Well, we just did. Yeah, I, I, we have an audio verbal, recording of it. Verbal trademark. Why? Uh, why can't they just have the four captains draft the teams? Was that they a did problem? that? Oh, what are you going to do? Have to, the the Maple Leafs? They did that. Remember, it was uh, I believe two thousand seven. Well, right, they would pick and then they would draft them. Yeah, they just draft out of the pool. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant. Uh, I oh, thought you meant straight like, draft. Yeah, straight draft no, out that'd of the be league. Brutal. No, that would be. Well, I that'd mean, be really realistically, intense. I mean, Morgan Riley, Marner, Matthews, Tavares could all be on it. Yeah. This is the big question you were at last year's All Star Game. Are we going to see you? I'm going to go this year again. I'm going to do a road trip with Clayton Keller, and awesome. I'm going to go do there, go do some other content stuff there. But uh, it's it's a good time. I, I went to Tampa Bay last year, and it was during that Gasparilla, right? The is Pirate it, Festival. It's a Pirate Festival. I think it's one of the largest. If Did not you the wear largest. your puppy shirt? I know you like that. No, and I will say like. Florida's a weird place. Like people were here we go. People were hammered and they were puking on the sidewalk. It was a it was a gong show. And I'm not really like, down for that messy type of party. Like I want a little bit more cleaner environment. Gotcha. Florida Florida's an interesting place, folks. No state tax, like uh, people are gonna torch me for that because I always mention what states have no income tax or state tax, sorry. But uh yeah, just it's weird. That's going to do it for us unless you have anything That's else. That's it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think so. We've got about a half hour. covered it all. All right. Thanks to Aiden Hill for joining us. Thanks to executive producer Doug Cannon for Dave Vest. For Paul Bissonnette, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Coyotes Corner Podcast. Coyotes Corner.